This is the Bird Hugger Podcast with Katherine Greenleaf, the podcast for people who love birds. Welcome to the Bird Hugger Podcast. I'm Katherine Greenleaf, and I'm so glad to be with you. I'm on board for a full 30 minutes of talking all things birds and restoring native habitat. Did you recognize that bird call? We'll be talking about that particular species of bird in just a moment when we return to Bird Hugger. What happens when a burnt-out college professor living in New England decides to become a wildlife rescuer and rehabilitator? Find out on Bird Hugger, the podcast for people who love birds. Join host Katherine Greenleaf, who has been rehabilitating injured wildlife for 20 years and hear how you can turn your backyard into a native oasis for birds. Hello there. I hope this Thanksgiving holiday finds you well. Thanks to COVID-19 and the new wave of shutdowns nationally, this holiday will be a little different. However, I hope you are able to enjoy a nice dinner and perhaps a Zoom chat with family and friends. That's what we're doing this year. Speaking of COVID-19, there have been some surprising benefits to self-quarantine. The Cornell Lab of Ornithology is reporting that downloads of its bird identification app has shot up over 102% compared to this time last year. And the National Audubon's bird identification app has seen its downloads double in the last 10 months. In addition, there's been a 20% increase in the sale of birdwatching equipment, like spotting scopes and binoculars, since the month of March. With more people staying closer to home and gravitating toward the outdoors for recreation, the more people are enjoying the birds in their backyards. Now that's not a bad thing, I have to say. And now it's time for the email mailbag. Here's an email from Ron in Booth Bay Harbor, Maine. Hi, bird hugger. I don't have much of a backyard, but I do have a long, flat, rolling front lawn of about a half an acre. I have put out bird feeders numerous times during the winter, but don't seem to have much success. We get the occasional songbird, but that's about it. My wife and I really love birds and enjoy watching them. Could you please advise me on how to attract more birds to our feeders? Okay, Ron, thank you for your email. Let's strategize here by talking for a minute about thickets and why they are so important to birds. Planting thickets along the edge of your lawn may help attract more birds to your feeders. A thicket is a dense stand or group of trees and shrubs, forming an island of sorts that provides hiding places and protection for birds. A thicket is the first line of defense for a bird flying through an open area. If a bird senses a predator, either from above or below, the bird will make a beeline for the thicket where it blends right in with the color of the foliage or disappears deep inside the leaves and the branches. A bird has to worry about cats and sometimes dogs off-leash from below, and then also has to worry about predators from above. This can include raptors like the broadwing hawk and the peregrine falcon. A bird who dares to venture from the cover of native woodlands to reach a bird feeder located on a large expanse of lawn is taking an enormous risk. Let's face it, the truth is most of us put out feeders to lure the birds out of hiding so we can enjoy their beauty. The least we can do is provide safety and protection for them by planting thickets nearby so they have a place they can fly to quickly. 
If you watch carefully, you will note that a bird goes to a feeder, draws out a seed, let's say a sunflower seed, for example, and then flies to safe cover in bushes and trees to crack the seed open and eat it. It is essential to have thickets close by for this process. Birds force seeds open by banging them against sturdy branches. They need the safety of adequate cover, which is offered by thickets while engaged and distracted by the process of opening the seed. Also, consider your typical winter day. It is cold, windy, and often wet due to sleet or snow. Having a thicket nearby will give the bird ample time to eat from your feeder safely, but also stay protected from the elements. It allows them to dry off and even do a little preening to keep their feathers clean. Dirty feathers can be fatal to a bird. A patch of dirty feathers cannot lie flat and provide the insulation needed to protect the bird from freezing cold temperatures. Birds need a safe perch so they can concentrate on cleaning those soiled feathers. Now, what should you plant to create a thicket? Be sure to include native evergreens like hemlock, pine, spruce, eastern red cedar, juniper. Many cats dislike juniper due to its sharp-edged foliage, but the birds love it for protection. What native shrubs should you plant? Some good choices are native chokeberry and chokecherry, American plum, elderberry, sumac, snowberry, dogwood, and native blackberries and raspberries. Suckering shrubs are dense enough to prevent hawks from penetrating their cover, and their thermal protection is excellent as their branches keep blowing snow from accumulating inside the thicket. Native plant experts recommend creating thickets 30 to 50 feet in length. They also recommend planting the trees and shrubs roughly three feet apart from each other to create nice thick cover. Every time you add a layer of native trees and bushes to your property, you are improving the safety and health of the birds that visit your yard. This is because you are mimicking the layered effect found in natural woodlands. The ideal situation would be to create several thickets and try to link them to any garden beds or woodland edges you have in your yard, providing a safe and sheltered corridor for birds to maneuver from the woods to your feeder and back again. Ron, I hope that answers your question. Plant some thickets and you are sure to see more birds. So while we're on the subject of predators, I'd like to switch over to the topic of catios. Winter is always a good time for planning spring projects. And one project you might want to consider is setting up a catio for your cat so they can enjoy the outdoors safely without posing a hazard to birds and other wildlife. Recent joint research by the Smithsonian Conservation Biology Institution and the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service revealed that outdoor cats are the number one source of mortality for birds in the United States and Canada. Did you know that 2.4 billion birds are killed by outdoor cats in the United States every year? Did you also know that 50 million cats allowed outdoors are killed annually in this country due to a number of causes? Perhaps it's time for bird watchers and cat lovers to call a truce and work together to end what is, in my opinion, a holocaust of innocent animals. It's important to realize how much suffering is involved, not just for birds, but also for cats. Cats allowed outdoors are hit by cars and trucks, poisoned and shot by irate neighbors, trapped in sheds where they starve to death, they're caught in leg hole traps, attacked by loose dogs, and even eaten alive by wild animals like fisher cats. Outdoor house cats can also contract feline leukemia from other outside cats, particularly from feral cat colonies, which usually proves fatal. 
If there are so many dangers for cats that venture outside, then why do cat owners allow their beloved pets outdoors? Cat owners are understandably often caught in a dilemma. They are concerned about adding variety to their cats' lives and want to give their cats an outdoor experience in which they can receive fresh air, sunshine, and stimulation. However, many cat owners are also concerned about keeping their cats safe while outside, as well as keeping birds and other wildlife safe. A good compromise may be a catio. A catio is a specially built outdoor enclosure for cats. Much like a screened-in porch or patio, a catio allows cats to lounge in the sun on carpeted shelves and hammocks, play with toys, run through tunnels, climb up perches and scratching posts, all within the safe confines of a wire and wood enclosure. Catios could range in price from $100 to several thousand dollars for the more palatial enclosures. Some catios are freestanding and portable, others attach to your house or back fence. Many catio owners install a human-sized door so they can sit inside the catio to enjoy their feline's company. Some kits available by mail can be put together in a single weekend. Some catios are made of plastic panels that snap together and can be fashioned into a five-level funhouse for cats. Safe Kitty Company offers a 36-foot square, three-sided catio of wood that can be built so your cat has access to his outdoor play area via a first-floor window in your home. The perfect catio company can custom-build a freestanding catio to any size, along with tunnels, which cats love. They also enclose existing patios to make them safer for cats. Or you can contact Habitat Haven. They offer sets of plans to build your own, as well as prefabricated kits, along with custom-built projects. According to the American Bird Conservancy, the use of catios can have a dramatically positive impact upon the lives of birds and other wildlife. And the benefit to cats is incredibly positive, too. Research shows the average outdoor cat, especially in New England, is lucky to make it to age two or three while an indoor cat that gets to use a catio can live to a ripe old age of 15. It's important to understand that when a cat attacks a bird, it transmits Pasteurella bacteria into the bloodstream of the bird. Pasteurella exposure is 100% fatal unless the bird is treated promptly with antibiotics. The safe window for treatment is usually 12 to 24 hours. After that, the pasturella quickly replicates in the bird's body and overwhelms the immune system, usually killing the bird within 72 hours. This is why putting a cat-injured bird without treatment back into the wild results in a guaranteed fatality within three days. Cat bites can also result in a rupture of internal organs and internal hemorrhaging, both of which can result in death. A cat bite is a true emergency. Getting a bird to a wildlife rehabilitator as soon as possible can prevent a fatality. The other great thing about catios, they can help maintain good neighbor relations. Cats allowed to roam outdoors have a tendency to defecate in vegetable gardens, treating raised beds as if they are giant litter boxes. The feces can carry toxoplasmosis, a disease that can make people very sick. Toxoplasmosis exposure can result in miscarriage, fetal deformities, blindness, and memory loss. The bottom line is that cats are not expendable items. They are cherished pets with unique personalities that deserve care and protection. Birds deserve the same care and protection as well. With a little compromise, the rewards can be great for all concerned. If you are enjoying this show and like what we do, please help us out by subscribing or following us on your favorite app, 
to access our free show. That way you'll get notified of what's coming, you'll never miss a show, and it will help us in the ratings. Did you recognize that bird call at the beginning of the show? That's the call of the bald eagle. First of all, let's clear something up right away. Bald eagles are not bald. When a bald eagle reaches maturity at about four to five years old, their brown feathers change color and they sport a head of white feathers, a signal to other eagles that they are ready to mate and rear young. The bald eagle is a formidable bird. This bird is large and can weigh in at a whopping 12 pounds. Compare that to your average songbird, which only weighs between 40 and 100 grams. Female bald eagles are the largest, usually weighing 25% more than the males on average. This large size comes in very handy while the female is sitting on eggs in the nest during the incubation period. There aren't many birds or mammals foolish enough to try to steal eggs away from a female eagle. You're definitely not going to want to shake hands with an eagle either. The talons of a bald eagle have a grip strength 10 times more powerful than a human's, which is why wildlife rehabilitators wear thick, arm-length leather gloves lined with Kevlar, a bulletproof material often used for police vests when handling injured eagles. Bald eagles hold the world's record for the largest nest ever built. The nests usually average six feet in diameter and up to four feet tall. This is because eagle parents often return to the nest year after year and like to add and stack fresh materials with each new season, causing the nest to reach gargantuan proportions. One bald eagle's nest measured eight and a half feet wide, 13 feet deep, and weighed over a ton. Now that's big. Bald eagles have been gifted with special eyesight. They have a twin focus, which means they have the uncanny ability to see straight ahead and also to the side at the same time. Humans have 20-20 vision, but they have 24 and 25 vision. This gives them incredible acuity, allowing them to spot an animal like a rabbit from almost two miles away. This is where the familiar term eagle eye comes from. Eagle's eyes are the same size as humans, but eagles have the ability to see colors much more vividly, which lends itself well to hunting. When an eagle strikes, it has already invested quite a bit of time stalking its prey from several hundred feet above the ground. They also have the ability to see UV light, which helps them to track bodily traces like urine left by their prey. While they usually fly at a jaunty pace of 30 miles per hour, an eagle can dive bomb its prey at a speed of 100 miles per hour. Their prey never sees them coming. Bald eagles are very fond of catching fish, but sometimes they let other large birds like ospreys do all the work for them. They then terrorize the osprey until it drops its catch, which the eagle then grabs and eats. This is called parasitic behavior in the bird world. Bald eagles like to catch and eat ducks and rabbits and will also show up at landfills, restaurant dumpsters, and fishing docks looking for food. And while they prefer fresh-killed prey, they often show up to dine on gut piles that hunters leave behind after hunting deer and can be seen along highways finishing off decaying roadkill. The eagle, like so many birds, was nearly sent into the oblivion of extinction in the United States in the 1930s to the 1960s due to the use of the pesticide DDT. However, DDT was banned in 1972, and bald eagles have started to enjoy a resounding comeback. Join Americans everywhere in the one-third for the birds movement. Dedicate the back third of your yard to birds and other wildlife. 
Make this area a quiet zone with no leaf blowers or lawnmowers. Plant native trees and shrubs so birds have plenty of insects to eat. Create a safe haven for birds to nest and raise their young. You will be rewarded with many hours of bird watching fun. For more information on One Third for the Birds, go to the Bird Hugger page on Facebook. And now for more of my personal story. I started volunteering at the Bird Rescue Center right away. It was like finding my own personal nirvana. I was truly in heaven. I was immersed head to toe in the world of avian rehabilitation. At first, I had to earn my dues, of course, so I cleaned out a lot of stinky bird cages. But once I had finished my cleaning shift, the director allowed me to shadow her and observe procedures. She also encouraged me to ask questions. I had millions of them, of course, and wasn't quite sure where to begin. My heart was outpacing my head. I wanted to help, but I knew so little. I had to tell myself a number of times to calm down and be patient. The knowledge and abilities would come if I were diligent and applied myself. The director arrived at the center each morning by 7 a.m., and there were always injured birds waiting in the overnight drop-off cages at the front entrance. The pace was relentless, with injured birds arriving at the center thanks to volunteer drivers all day long and well into the night. There were many times we didn't lock up until 10 p.m. I loved every minute of it. It wasn't long before I became a fixture at the center. I hated leaving to go home and added as many shifts as I could to each week's schedule. My husband missed me, but he was happy for me. He said he had never seen me so excited or elated. There was something about being in the thick of rescue and rehabilitation efforts. It was magical. The whole idea that injured birds could be found, safely captured, and transported to people willing and able to treat and heal them made me ecstatically happy, and I wanted, no, needed, to be a part of it. And that's it for today's episode, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Have a great week and enjoy the birds. Bye for now. Bye for now.